Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. He is the voice of West Virginia Athletics, Tony Caridi, with me, David Smoke, on 365 Sports. What's it like, man? This this program's playing games that matter in November. Yeah. And, and we know the story about where people thought they would be, and also Neil Brown with a chip on his shoulder. How much fun is it right now in Morgantown? It's good. It's good to be back and winning because, to be quite honest with you, this is kind of, you know, what we're used to. And uh, having, you know, some subpar seasons uh, obviously has great impact on everyone that follows the program. Obviously, you know, you alluded to the, the preseason uh, finish prediction of 14th dead last in the league. And I do think, David, that they successfully um, took that, used it as motivation. They got through that really super rough stretch to open the season. Season, uh, which included opening the year at Penn State, and they went three and one, and that was really the thing that turned them. We battled injuries. We've really not had the full complement of players offensively um, for much of the whole season. I think we're getting closer to that right now. In fact against Oklahoma coming up this weekend, we should be probably as healthy as we've been on offense for the most part in a long time. So everyone's feeling good about it. You run the ball, but not great, but you effectively grind people. And then obviously Garrett Green has given this team a toughness, not that they didn't have some of that already, but it just seemed like he's that guy that everyone looks at. Not a great arm. He can run, but he, he just finds a way to win. How much of it is what he brings to the table? Massive. So Neil is in his fifth season. This is the first time that he's had a quarterback that could legitimately threaten a defense with his legs. Garrett's that guy. And you just know how essential that is in today's football, that you have to have a quarterback that at times can extend a play, a quarterback that can just find a way to get a first down to keep a drive alive. And up until, you know, Garrett, uh, we really haven't had that guy. We've had more of a passing uh, type of a quarterback. And, you know, this offensive line, David, it was, uh, from a personnel standpoint, in really poor shape when Neil took over. And he's built it up to the point now that you've got two definite guys that are going to play in the NFL. They're both from West Virginia. And a third that probably is going to get a really good chance is also a West Virginia guy. So it's homegrown. It's built. And they'll go in the Saturday's game leading the nation 12 consecutive games with 140 more rushing yards. Mm-hmm. And that's the longest active streak in the country. So they've been getting it done just the way he said. We're going to build the offensive line first, then we're going to run the ball. 
So, Tony, uh, Neil Brown, early in the year, questions about where he was, what his status was. You and I, we've talked about this before. And I was talking today on the show about, you know, what Gundy's done at, at Oklahoma State's been great, whatever and how I, Iowa State finishes with Matt Campbell, what Sark's done at Texas. But in your opinion, is Neil Brown in a legitimate conversation for Big 12 Coach of the Year? Oh, wow. Well... He, yeah, I think he's a candidate. I mean, if a couple things happen. So right. You guys got three left. You got OU, you've got Cincinnati, and then you've got your Bears. And if he comes into the home stretch out of this thing after being picked dead last, and he finishes up this season at nine and three, then absolutely a candidate for discussion. No question about that. Right. I, I think so. I mean, there's a lot to do. I just thought that the fact that we're even, I even brought that up is, is kind of the kind of year he's had. So it, it's a tough team. I brought about Garrett Green, the offensive lineman. You brought them up. The defense, it, uh, they, 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 they kind of just always find a way to keep things kind of dummied down a little bit. Not them, but their opponent. What's that coming from? Well, uh, the, the, the key there has been they made a major philosophical change in the offseason. We were just here. Here's the word bad um, last year. Yeah. And in, in not only not only in, in how the thing played out, but just in alignment. And they looked at it strong during the offseason. They said, you know, we're probably doing paralysis by analysis here. So they simplified and they simplified and they've gone just basically zone drops. They know where they need to go. They know where their landmarks are. That allows those defensive backs to keep their eyes on the quarterback. It's led to much more, you know, many more interceptions. Uh, you know, we had four total interceptions a year ago. Uh, our cornerback, Beanie Bishop's got four by himself this year. So they simplified. They really focused and concentrated in the offseason on getting in alignment, especially for the teams that are playing tempo in this league, and we'll see it again on Saturday. And for the most part, they've done a good job. Um, when they have not had great success this year, it's when they've been unable to get that force unit to pressure the quarterback. That happened at Houston, that happened against Oklahoma State, and it happened against Penn State. Those are the three losses. But the reason why the back half of the defense has been more efficient is because the front half of the defense has been able to pressure quarterbacks, get them out of their comfort zone, force some poor throws, and that'll be essential again this weekend. I mentioned they haven't run the ball really well, but, man, they just hammered BYU. You kind of sat there with your jaw dropped at how one-sided that was? Yeah, I never thought that was going to happen. Now they've got BYU's got its own issues, you know, yeah. the quarterback situation with Keaton Slovis. But nevertheless, um, anytime you're able to do that at this level, that normally doesn't happen. And so, yeah, I was really happy with them. They they took the ball on the toss of the coin. They went 75 yards. They set the tempo. They got a fourth down stop on BYU's first possession, and they scored again. And again, it was one of those deals where the momentum just went. Control West Virginia, 14 nothing. BYU's trying to get this quarterback wired in. He did not play badly. He's going to start again for them this weekend. 
he's not bad. But, you know, when you put someone in there the first time on the road, it was just one of those days. We've all been on both sides of those, and it mushroomed on them, and they were just never able to get any traction. Last thing, they're playing in Norman. We brought that up. And, of course, Oklahoma has a huge record against most everybody except maybe Texas over the history of football. Uh, And they've won, I think, every time but once in Norman. But it's OU, and they're coming off a couple of losses in a row. It'd be unthinkable for three in a row, especially since they look so good early. But what would a win in Norman mean for this program? Oh goodness! Uh, it would be uh, it would be massive. It would be that signature win um, for Neil. You know, David. Two years ago, when we were at that their place, we have an illegal procedure on a first and goal. I remember um, that. And, I do. Yeah. And then, and then we had a snap. After that, we had a snap that went about literally thirty yards downfield, and they beat us on a walk-off field goal last time we were there. Last year, West Virginia beat them on a walk-off field goal. Mm-hmm. And so last two times, we've competed with them. Uh, we've had some hellacious games with those dudes. Going back to Dana Holgerson, we had Tavon Austin, and they, we ran out of running backs, and they started him at running back. And he ran for 330-plus yards in that game. West Virginia lost 50-49. So we've had some games with them. Um, this will be the last time, obviously, as Big 12 members, probably, you know, who knows when they, if and when they'll ever play again. So it would be so, so big if West Virginia could find a way to steal one. You're the best, man. Thank you, Tony, for giving me time today. We have a, a weekend coming up with more evidence afterwards, and thanks for your time. Thank you, David. Tony Caridi, the voice of West Virginia Athletics on 365 Sports.